Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On today's show, we've got some transfer chat to talk about. We're talking Arsenal and Spurs as well, some current events, and of course, some football manager. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of A Pod of Two Hearts. We're back for the second week in a row. Can you smell it? Can you smell it, Woods? I Two think, I, I weeks in a row. feel it. You know what that must mean though? It means we must have some football on the horizon, right? It means there's something to look forward to in this grim, murky world. Yes, that's the way I view this at the moment. You, you know that both me and you share the same opinion about bringing football back uh, during this COVID period. We were both dead against this as an idea. Uh, yep. And now we're both, I feel, pretty strongly for it just because it gives us something other than um, COVID-19 uh stats which just basically fill you of horror um and obviously the um the real positive obviously uh black lives matter movement but also that coupled with just neanderthals everywhere neanderthals gammons to the left of me gammons to the right of me it's no good bro it's, it's not, no good. Good. It's but not good but we are back uh, just on a quick one before i get into the intro spiel I watched uh, a Bundesliga game at the weekend. What did you watch? Uh, Bayern Munich were playing and they had fucking crowd sounds. Yes. And so, it sounded dope. So, Premier League are doing that. And it's not, right, just to, just to clear this up from last week, because I was completely under the illusion it was going to be over the PA. It's not over the it's PA? It's not over the PA. They're going to be, through the broadcast, they're going to have a man, I'm assuming, with a button that goes, Chelsea... Chelsea, 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 and then goes Lampard's Blue Army, <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. I, I want to know how many buttons he has. Because De- depends on the club, does he, right? have, does, does he have one for like, ooh. And, you know, like, oh, yes. What if he presses the wrong one? 
You know what I mean? Like, like a goal is scored and it's just whistles from the home what, fans. What's going on? What if he's a United fan, massive closet United fan, and he gets a Liverpool game and they score and he just boo whistles or just silence. Cricket. Doesn't press anything. There's just a man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we're back with another week. Um, I am, of course, the host as ever, Michael Carden Edwards. It's good to see you again. Well, I see you. You see me. Hear from you. I see you, bro. And... Um, I'm here with Mr. Woods, and you may have realised in the first couple of minutes of this show that we're, we are sans a person. Now, last week, Lee left us all on a bit of a cliffhanger when he said, you know, that essentially he ain't around anymore, bruv. Well, he is going to be back again one day. Um, he's gone to stay with his girlfriend for a couple of weeks um, because he hasn't seen her for a long time. And I get the house to myself for two weeks, which is cool. And in that time, I've already bought a, a, a random digital sample sequencer off of Amazon <laughs> and it's been a load of fun um yeah it's been a it's been a fun time so far I've got another two weeks to go that means we're gonna have two weeks of no Lee Collard um it's disappointing from a personal perspective because you know who else am I gonna play uh, Call of Duty with and pry over with it and cry when we when we lose every week <laughs> however um me and Woods have been doing something in the time we have over the last couple of days uh-huh. we're gonna get into that on the last segment of the show because it's a bit of fun um where we're gonna talk you through our uh our football manager, uh, this is just for Lee, Dynasties. Um, <laughs> yes. But um, how have you been, Mr. Wood? What's, uh, been, what's been going on? Yeah, um, disappointing weather weekend. Uh, very British to talk about the weather. No, 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 I'm not having it. It ain't disappointing. It's great weather. Because it means I don't want to go outside. This is fair. This is fair. You do have to look at things through a slightly different perspective, um, in a lockdown scenario, when you have beautiful sunshine outside, what it means is depression because I'm stuck inside. You are 100% oh, I, correct. I should say that, dude, like 95% of the year, I ain't want to go outside anyway. <laughs> I don't like going outside. Right? That's where bad things happen to me. Um, you know, so I, for me, lockdown ain't too much different other than the fact that I can't just stroll to the supermarket, you know, as I please. Yeah. I've got to glove up and shit. But um, yeah, dude, uh, I've found this lockdown pretty simple. I've, literally, the, the hardest thing is and it is to be honest makes it miserable i i can't see the missus obviously yeah, yeah absolutely. That, that's, that's been shit it's now been what nearly three months since i saw her ah. which is fucking ridiculous that is crazy you know I mean? man um so whilst i'm like lee you bastard for leaving me i'm like i i do understand you know what i mean bruv so yeah i mean that's just horrendous but at the same time um you kind of have to look at the positives when am i ever going to get a time to you know not go out of the house again forever fair so make the most of this kind of situation right uh, Dude, I've gained weight, man. I have gained weight. That's like the first time in your life that you've gained Guess weight. Guess how much I weigh now. I mean, you've always been on the lighter side for your frame. Like, you're, you're what, six foot and a bit? I'm six foot on the dot. Six foot on the dot. Um, I reckon you, well, you're weighing, I'm going to I'm gonna go with a generous 11 and a half stones. All right, that's more than what I actually weigh. <laughs> um, so my, my, my usual weight is, is 10 stone. Yes. Right? About 10 stone and a quarter, 10 stone-ish. Um, if I have a bit of an illness, I'll go down to like nine and a half. It's pretty miserable. Dude, 11 stone. Seeing those yeah? 11s, man. Mate, I ain't seen 11 stone for years. It's been glorious. Not since I spent a summer drinking Guinness every day. Well, that, that's going to bulk you up. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal because I ain't got to go anywhere. Um, the, so the only other thing, obviously, kind of um, weird timing, I guess. But with no one in the house, I can watch everyone on the TV. Right. Right. I ain't got Lee. I ain't got part of his fishing adventures and shit. Like oh, that, right? he's so, that guy. Of course, Lee is that guy. 
Of course he is, man. Oh, what's that? I know you'd love this. Formula One, excellent. Oh, it's the fucking Monaco Grand Prix from 97 where, oh, something happened. I don't, don't care. Um, I, I, right, so I started watching because in lockdown, you know, you, have, have you noticed in lockdown you've gotten slightly different routines? You're getting used to now a different routine than you were before. Right. I, I, so, I can garner it, yeah. So part of like almost a routine which I've been doing is that at about half past two-ish, I try and take my lunch from two to three. Gotcha. Right? So that, you know, the afternoon's nice and, nice and quick. And um, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is on in a time slot. And I've been enjoying the shit out of it. So the other night I was like, what shall I watch? And I've started watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air from the fucking start. Now, Will Smith gets a rap these days, right? I'm sure you, you don't like Will Smith, right? Okay. I, I have to explain this, but the, the thing is that I find with Will Smith these days is like he's the most try-hard human being in the world. He is just like, look at me. I'm a cool person. I'm a cool dad. <laughs> Look at me, I'm really cool. And it's just like, you're 50 year old, man. And it doesn't Tone help it that he's given, like, these two, his kids are horrendous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. As a father, you try and give your kids the advantages that you can. Uh, but Will Smith has thrusted his son down our throat since he, he could basically walk, right? All right, two, two reasons. A, the film he starred in with him, that was terrible. And B, his kid was dressed as Batman. I'm not having it. There's only one Batman. It ain't him. Didn't right? he dress in um, a white Batman suit at that? It was a white it Batman suit, so, yeah. Batman suit. But no, what I was going to say, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, dude. Oh, my God. I haven't seen, like, season one since I was a kid. It's fucking excellent. I encourage all of the listeners back home, crack out Fresh Prince, man. It's on Netflix. I have laughed my ass off, like, for the last two days straight. It's been great. Well, that's the good times. I don't have a life. Um, how, dude, so how, how are you? We've got about a minute left of intros. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, we'll yeah good. Um, you know, like, this whole lockdown thing has been um, interesting for me. I'm, I'm staying at the, the in-laws and sharing the, I don't want to say burden because it's not the right word, but uh, the childcare duties of my, my daughter so um, we can all fit work in amongst it. Um, my My God. My workload is an absolute disgrace right now, um, but I can't complain. Disgrace is in bad or uh, good? So much, so much. Um, you know that situation where sometimes you feel like you've got so much going on that you're just constantly spinning plates and you're trying to keep them all like spinning and don't want any of them to fall. That's kind of how it feels at the moment. I'm juggling just so much at the moment, but I don't want to moan about having a job in the middle of a, a pandemic when so many people have obviously been... Uh, in less fortunate situations but it has been uh, a bit gruelling um i'm really looking forward to some live sport um there's only so many documentaries about lance armstrong i can watch before i'm like yeah i know this bit <laughs> well you said gruelling do you know what isn't gruelling go for it chelsea signing a footballer an actual footballer to be to be honest like bearing in mind the club had a transfer ban. We did manage to sign, or uh, sign obviously uh, Pulisic in January, but we signed obviously Kovacic um, in the summer as part of kind of the completion of his loan deal. Uh, I don't believe it was actually part of the loan agreement, but because he had been registered already, it meant that we could sign him if we could get the deal done with Madrid. People forget we've got Zayat coming in as well, but um, Timo Werner is a bit of a coup. Um, 
he's obviously a 24-year-old, uh, 25 goals in 30 Bundesliga appearances, a, a player who's very highly regarded, a player that was uh, heavily linked and indeed heavily linked himself with, with Liverpool for uh, the last three, four months. Um, and Chelsea have ultimately taken advantage of the pandemic, the situation that Liverpool found themselves in, uh, to just go pony up the cash to go get that deal done. Um, exciting. A player that offers versatility in the final third, a player that can play uh, in a pair with Tammy. Uh, he can play from uh, the left-hand side in a front three. He can even play through the middle. Um, you know, Chelsea's problem has been goals this season. I think our expected goals is uh, second in the league um, or maybe third in the league. It's, it's, it's very high. Uh, our goals actually scored less so um, and that says that we, we, we lack um, lack a goal scorer to support Tammy in that position. So it's exciting, really exciting. Um, I'm, I'm not going to get as carried away as some of Twitter has. It's, we, we haven't signed... Uh, <laughs> Twitter getting carried away <laughs> with something? We, no. we, we haven't signed... Um, you know, the second coming of Lionel Messi, right? We've not signed a player that I've believed that can carry a team on his own. Uh, that's not the, the calibre of player that Timo Werner is. I think Timo Werner is a, a valuable player to have in a team that has aspirations of being uh, competitive for the major honours. I think he's a very uh, valuable piece to add into this team as well. Um, but equally, I'm not looking at this like Tammy's turned down Liverpool. Uh, sorry, Tammy. That Timo's turned down Liverpool. Um like I said, Chelsea taking advantage of the situation. My understanding of the situation is that Liverpool wanted to wait till next summer, where his uh, price tag drops a big amount again, his buyout clause. Uh, but Leipzig had made it apparent to him that they kind of didn't want to do that. Um, there was an agreement before all of this that kind of they were happy for him to stay for a year and then go. Um, and I think Timo Werner was on that side. And then over the last month or so, it seems that that mood has changed between club and player, and he wanted to get to the Premier League, and Chelsea offered him a deal that um, he's happy with. Frank Lampard's been calling him regularly to explain where he sees him in this team, and, and, and ultimately Chelsea have capitalised on on a couple of factors. As we said, the, 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 the fact that we're in um, this, this pandemic, Liverpool's finances are taking a hit. They've got the, I believe, the second or third highest wage bill in Europe. It's massive. Because they've been giving who, who does Liverpool? I think that no, I believe that I'm pretty sure that they have got the highest in the Premier League. I think um, I might be. No, that's got to be City or United. I, they've been paying all of their new players new contracts. Um, I might be way off on here. I might be basically getting my third highest mixed up with Europe and the Premier League. You know what? Go fact check me. I know it's really you, high. You, you continue to talk. Uh, uh... With that being the case, and Liverpool not really bringing any money. I mean, ultimately, don't forget they. Um, they furloughed their staff before they got told um, via social media that that was a bad idea. Uh, so Liverpool just didn't have the money to get it done this summer. So um, their, their wage bill, oh, hang on a second, this is for the 2018-2019 season. They were fifth in Europe okay. behind Barcelona, United, City and Madrid. Okay, so third in the Premier League. Thank you for correcting me. But yeah, I, I know they've been busy and it's the right thing to do, right? Um, squad building isn't necessarily about additions. It's it's including uh, keeping the core together, right? And Liverpool have an extremely strong core of players and those players are deservedly getting paid uh, for the success that they're having. But Chelsea have ultimately taken advantage of that. The other factor in this is that Chelsea had a transfer ban in the summer. Everyone obviously saw that as an absolute disaster for the club. Um, 
they turned that negative into a positive by bringing through a lot of these young players. They've had the opportunity to kind of show that those that can make it and some aren't going to make it. Uh, but ultimately, Chelsea haven't spent any money despite selling uh, Eden Hazard for the best part of 100 million, Alvaro Morata for 50 million, um, and all the other pieces that go with that. So Chelsea have got a whole bunch of cash sitting here into a market which has become a buyer's market through the pandemic and they're just sitting pretty the additional factor as well they do have a billionaire owner and that really does help that roman is the best owner in football i don't want to hear about man city i don't really care about it roman abramovich doesn't have a country behind him it's his personal wealth that he's investing um he's not got unlimited funds like some of these clubs will have but he does have funds to go and buy a fucking mona lisa by all accounts that room is not true. Um, the fact that he spent 120 million on on the screen. Okay, who are the uh, not the Mona Lisa? For my the fucking scream. All right, if it ain't true, who the fuck starts a rumor like that? Well, we, we, <laughs> what's the point? Do I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is true, but the suggestion is it's not true. Um, I, I did enjoy the responses from United fans on that. That basically. Um, Roman's gone and spent the Sancho money on a painting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess that you know, it's probably worth moving on from Werner. Absolutely excellent addition, and I've been feeling for a while. You know my feelings about Sancho. I ain't gonna basically change my opinions. I still believe that he's a level of player that turns a good team into a great team because of just his pure ability. And I think that had Chelsea uh, been able to sign him, I would have been ecstatic. But I, the more time's gone on, the more I kind of feel about the situation. Chelsea have needed a player like Werner, a player that can play through the middle and a player that can also offer from the wide. Manchester United have got one gaping hole in their team, right? And that's that right wing position. Um, I look at their team and I think they've got high level players in all positions. Martial's still a little bit... The problem with Martial though this season, I think his numbers would have been really good if it wasn't for a long spell of injury. So it's difficult to get a clear read on him. I think Rashford's excellent. I think that uh, Bruno's obviously shown that he's excellent. Uh, you've got some nice pieces in that midfield. Paul Pogba's going to stay. I think Pogba's probably going to commit his long-term future because... I don't think anyone's going to be able to afford him. As simple well, as that. The only way that we, we, we move Pogba on is if we do something absolutely ridiculous and go, oh, we'll have Hammers Rodriguez, thanks. And it's just like, it's just ain't happening. Happen. I think it's the club happening. are wising up a bit. Much like Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea and United have got such similar trends. They they go from the top and they, they go down through bad purchases, bad purchases, bad purchases. But ultimately, because they've got winning DNA in them for, for the last 20 years. Um, they've got good academy players that have come through at exactly the same time together and ultimately they've got high calibre uh, professionals in those teams to mix in that they can add these pieces to kind of get back to the top. Um, I think they've got a goalkeeper that's still one of the best in the world regardless of how bad he's had moments this season regardless of you want to talk about him being a ball-playing goalkeeper I don't really care about that. Um, Maguire has obviously improved that defence. I think Lindelof, although I think he's a target every time he walks onto the pitch I still think he's a good player. Uh, you've got Wan-Bissaka who locks down the right wing uh, sorry, the left wing position for the opposition like he's Darrell Rivas. It just makes sense. It makes so much sense to add Sancho. And it, to me as well, the, the, the bigger thing, it makes so much sense for Jaden Sancho to go there. I, I kind yeah. of, I, I get the, the, this idea, Sancho Chelsea fan. This, I've, I've never felt that Sancho to Chelsea makes more sense than Manchester United for so many reasons. And, and the biggest one is that Manchester United are the biggest club in the world. I don't, you, you can shove your Real Madrid's up your bollocks for all I care because <laughs> Manchester United are the biggest club in the world. And if you're Jaden Sancho and you've got your agent in his ear and going, Manchester United will take you from where you are to being the biggest star in the world, right? 
Paul Pogba has basically barely played football for Manchester United and he's still one of the biggest stars. And I know that he's got a World Cup to kind of carry his weight there, but he's still one of the biggest stars in the world because of the club he plays for. Jadon Sancho is going to be on a whole other level playing there. And crucially as well, he takes Manchester United from... Um, Kind of the position, and I still feel they're in an artificial position as well. Anyway, because they've they've missed Pogba for long parts. Obviously, Bruno came in January instead of the summer. Uh, Rashford had a long term injury. Uh, Martial before that. I think they're in a wrong position. I think that they probably are the third or fourth best team in the league, and I think the gap to the top two isn't as vast as it looks right now. Um, Adam Sancho puts them right close to City again. Um, the question there, and it will be the same when Frank Lampard wants all of the Chelsea's business is done will be that the pressure steps up a bit, right? You go from, go get top four, go try and get Champions League football. We accept kind of... You go, you go from just try and improve things. Yeah. You know, and that's... Exactly. Kind of make things better than the they were, please. Yeah. You know, make the environment better. It was so uh, stagnant and horrible under Jose Mourinho uh, that... Anything positive was always going to feel like a success, and it did. I know there was that negativity at the end of last season, but I kind of feel that it's been patchy at times, but United's run going into uh, lockdown was really good. Um, And if they can obviously come out of it positively, I still think they can get that top four place. I think Leicester, I still look at Leicester, and I'm like, they ain't easy there. Um, well, we we need we need a bunch of players this summer, though. Um, you feel? So, so, yeah, because what I think... It's all, I think I think you're you're right in the sense that, you know our eleven is pretty good you know in terms of what we've got put out there but all of a sudden if um, Pogba takes another injury oh look it's Pereira if Bruno Fernandez gets an injury oh look it's Lingard like we need we we need to start replacing those other squad players and we've started to do that with the likes of you know Ashley Young fucking off and people like that but um, like we're we're really we're very heavily linked with uh, Donny Van der Beek I yeah, think his name Van is Van der Beek yeah. Um, and that's that's uh, that's the kind of signing we need to we need. It'll to be press interesting if with. that gets done because obviously that's um, Van der Sar um, mm. doing United a bit of a favour. It'd be an excellent squad player. My, my question with Donny Van der Beek is if if you're kind of in his position, you you ultimately go into a club and you know you're not starting, right? Well, you know that you're competing with Fred. Yeah, I guess that's, there's a way to look at. And I guess if you're McTominay, then all of a sudden you're a bit like, who the fuck is this guy? Um, it's, 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 it, this is where it gets difficult, not just for Oli. It gets difficult for Frank as well because obviously. Uh, but, the, but this is—I uh, don't know. I don't know about that point though, because in the modern game, there is only there's only a, like a handful of players for every team that's going to start every game, regardless. Yes, you know. And for United, you'll be looking at okay, obviously, and it's form dependent at the end of the day. But the ones that you always play, pretty much regardless for United, will be De Gea. He will always play. Maguire will always play. Probably Wan-Bissaka will always play, to be honest, just because he's, he's very good. And I think our other options are Delot, you know. Um, I think Pogba pretty much will always play, yep. just because of his influence. And Rashford, I feel, is getting that way. I think so too. Um, if we signed Sancho, he'd be the same as well. Yeah. But that means there are always going to be spots available. It's like... It's like it, it would be like us signing Daniel James and, and him and saying, you'll never play. But he has played a lot. Because injuries, rotation, the amount of competitions teams are in, that's going to play such I, a I big guess. part. So for someone like Van der Beek, if he if he comes in, you're still it's a it's a matter of saying okay, 
prove why you're gonna why you deserve to play every game and that's having that's something fair. to prove i mean it could be I mean, well i would rather that than bringing in someone like some mercenary like dimaria or falcao and them just knowing they're going to start because you're paying them loads of money i think what solskjaer wanted to do and i think what lampard wants to do is get young players that are hungry that want to work hard for the team and you know you look at chelsea at the moment with you've got you're attacking options now Hudson Odoi, yeah. Pulisic, yeah. Willian, Pedro, Zayek, um, Werner, um, Bat- um, not Batshuayi, fucking um, Abraham, Abraham Mount. Yeah, and and by all accounts, Kai Havertz is a player that they are extremely keen on. Why? If I'm Kai, and the same thing. No, it's exactly Kai exactly. Kai Havertz should be going somewhere and playing every week. Well, I think the thing is, is that is he take? Is he where's he? Because he's a, he's a number ten, isn't he's he? He's a ten. Um, so in that position, it's kind of Mount's been playing in there. I don't think Mount's quality is good enough to play in there. I think Frank, even being Mount's biggest fan, understands that his qualities aren't good enough to play in there. I think the players that you see kind of shifting out. I, I feel that Jorginho is a chance that he might go. Um, I think Barkley will probably go. Um, so kind of like you start to thin that out. Don't get me wrong. Then, I, I, I imagine if you're but, Ruben, no, but those two players shouldn't be considered starters. No, absolutely, Surely, absolutely. You know, your midfield, your best two midfielders are Kante and Kovacic. That, that they are, and, and you'd probably and if comes to play in there Havertz for... in front of them. Don't get me wrong. Uh, if you're Ruben Loftus Cheek and you're coming back, from I this forgot injury, all about him. Uh, <laughs> you're probably looking at this going, "Holy shit." Um, like how are you meant to feel about that because the thing with Kai Havertz I like Ruben I think Ruben's an exceptional footballer and I think that Ruben could probably play in a position that's a little bit deeper I don't necessarily feel that his best position's in a 10 basically I don't no. feel he's he's particularly agile enough I don't think his pass selection's good enough to play in that position um, but still nonetheless it is going to be a bit of a, a, a wake up call to those players because those players have been highly uh, applauded this season rightly so Um and all of a sudden, they're going to have Timo Werner coming in. They're going to have Kai Havertz coming in. And they're going to have, if he comes in, and obviously Zayek as well. And all of a sudden, you're like, holy shit, that, like I said, what's going on here? I thought this was all about the academy coming through. And now it doesn't look that way. But you're right. And I can understand. My point was more from Donny van der Beek, right? Because um, I look at Bruno and look at Pogba and I'm like, exceptional footballers, really high level. And I kind of feel that um, Donny would be more... Uh, from what I've seen of him at Ajax, he's more of an advanced player. So he'd fit into one of those two positions as opposed to a deep set position, which would suit uh, the Fred McTominay. And I think that Fred McTominay has a two uh, players that can rotate in there, even if it comes to it, uh, pair up, shove Bruno in the 10 or Pogba further up. Exceptional. I get it though. Pogba, Pogba's been missing thing. all season. Oh no, for Manchester United, it's a fucking it's, great move. It's not a bad thing having options in it. For, for United, day, it's a great move. Again, Sancho... Uh, and, and Van der Beek and I, I look at this striker position but then I also remember that you've got Mason Greenwood and I'm like I wouldn't want to shove a player in there it would be helpful to maybe have uh, a more physical option but um, I think Higalo hey, Higalo hey, <laughs> yeah. um, did, did you did you read did you read the other day we were so close to getting Rondon were you really? Oh my was god! Was so close to going. Yeah, uh, instead of a gala. Yeah, Rondon did an interview where he talked about it. Ah, oh, dude, if we'd have got Rondon, I'd have shit myself I, live on the air because I fucking love that I man. I know you and love he, that man. He was apparently it nearly, nearly happened. And I will say the same thing that I said about a gala. It would have been a good signing. These yeah. players didn't get to play with good players when they were playing in the Premier League. They're playing with good players now that can find them. 
You know, I, I kind of feel that that Igala got a rough ride. Um, I thought when he was in the Premier League at the time at Watford, he was an exceptional player. And I think he went to China far too early, but I can understand it because of the money. Um, Rondon got a rough ride because he played in a Newcastle team that offer nothing creatively. <laughs> Absolute turd, man. But Jesus. Yeah, I mean, ultimately with Chelsea, um, we'll, be, we'll see what happens with Havertz. I was a bit surprised to see it. But ultimately, if you're a club that has aspirations of competing for Premier League titles, um, I, I ask you this. Um, a front three of, um, we'll say, Werner, uh, Abraham um, and Zayek, and obviously I'm leaving out two of our younger wingers, but Mason Mount in a 10? How, how would you feel about that? Probably not as good as you feel about having Kai Havertz in that position, right? No, not at all. And I feel that Mason is going to be a really valuable player for this club for his career as long as he's, he accepts that his versatility may well be his curse but it'll also be his blessing because it'll mean that he'll always have a place in that squad hey man John O'Shea won a lot of trophies yeah well when, when Manchester United were great they had a lot of those players you need them we had Park in the latter in the, in the, you know, in the latter and years the players have that, to buy into it you can't have the egos that feel that they're, they're above that position I think Mason Mount is a talented boy that puts a lot of energy into the game, but I think his overall quality isn't good enough to play for a club like Chelsea who want to win Premier League titles and European Cups. All I will say is that, and it's been a, uh, not a learning experience for me because obviously I've, Man United have brought through youngsters my entire life. Um, I didn't think Rashford would be much cop. You remember me talking about it a lot. And to be honest, I, I wondered if he was one of these players. Um, you've had them come through. Makeda's the one that always sticks in my mind. Yanazai, these players that come in and do something exceptional, kind of the bandwagon gets rolling and, and you kind of then they fizzle out. The thing about Rashford, I think he's just got elite mentality. Um, he's got something about him as a person that's pushed him to be more. He could have quite easily being another Makeda mate he could have quite easily but he did he, he basically put the work in to, to, or, to prove or not or Deli Alley. <laughs> yeah basically because Deli Alley is exactly that kind of that, that guy you know burst onto the scene was really good and now has done nothing for a long time yeah riding on a name at the moment you know what I mean um, well let's, uh, let's let's crack on obviously there's <laughs> there's a few with no football there's a few things that we can we can talk about and obviously it's coming we're all very excited um, but the conversation that will never die, that will live long into the future, as long as we are breathing and as long as we are looking at the game of football and being fans of the game of football, we will always be talking about Daniel Levy and his finances, <laughs> eh? And his fucking wallet and his and his and his checkbooking and his banking habits. What's he been doing, bro? Well, I tell you what, mate. The last thing I would have wanted to do going into a pandemic was having a brand new multi-billion pound stadium to fill. Um, this pandemic has cost them, I believe, two NFL games, a Lady Gaga concert, a whole host of Premier League matches, and God knows what else. Um, so you think about the money they've lost there in terms of revenue. They've had to obviously go and take a £175 million loan. Now, I imagine Jose probably reading the first part, they're going, Tottenham take 175 and he's like, Daniel? Yes. Daniel? For me? Um, but the <laughs> truth is that it's not for, for transfers. Um, there's no money for transfers, by all accounts, at Tottenham, um, until players are sold first. Um, and the issue that Tottenham have right now is... over. The, the thing is, like, you've got to remember, this club 
had a really good team. When did Leicester win the league? Four years ago? Yeah. Right, so they had a good team then. about that. Um, It's been four years and they haven't really added anyone. So all those players are now four years older. So all those players that had value back then have got fuck all value now. Well, this is the thing. So do you remember when Lee was, um, a a good few weeks ago, he was saying that he watched... uh, uh, like a season review of like 2014 or something like that. And he said the thing that stuck out to him was how sprightly the Spurs players looked. Yeah, they did. They all looked on it like you wouldn't believe. Um, and now, yeah, you're right. They're four years older. And <clears throat> I have to say, Twitter's a bad place, right? Twitter is a place of just nonstop fucking bullshit. However, my favourite thing on Twitter that I saw in the last week was... Um, there was uh, a journalist. I can't remember. Oh which my god! One. Yeah, it's, he were, Which one was he? Oh, it's, it's it's the really good one. That that's actually really good at his job. And I why well, can't I think? It begins Bernard, doesn't it? I can't remember his name. But he, he was uh, so he was giving some transfer news and <laughs> a Spurs fan. Any anything on Spurs? Um, well, not really. Other than Eric Dyer's, you know, looking working on a new contract for Eric Dyer. Yeah, man. Because oh what it was, he was um, he was being asked about I think Werner at the time uh, yeah. because because the deal hasn't been announced by either club or the, or the player. It's kind of like, is it done? And he's like, yeah, it's done. Um, and like you say, some Spurs fan kind of because they all ask United fans go in there. Any any news yep. on this? Any news on this? Any news on this? And he'll, he'll, he's really good at replying with the news. He doesn't bullshit. He doesn't dress it up. Um, he'll tell you that, uh, for example, with the Sancho situation. United have been in contact. They're very keen uh, to working on a deal. The price might be a problem. But yeah, we, 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 <laughs> the Spurs one. Oh my God. And obviously Twitter just went into fucking hysterics about it. The fact that it, like the best, even Spurs fans were like, I don't believe this. That's what we got to look forward to this summer is basically Eric Dyer's got a new contract. Um <laughs> It's it's wild. It's wild. You know, they, they've spent some money. It's, they, 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 obviously last summer... Much like Arsenal, to an extent, spent last summer. They spent this summer's transfer money. Yeah. Um, so they obviously invested in, uh, in Dombele uh, and uh, Lo Celso, right? So they've still got these players to kind of come in, come good. If Jose's got the patience with at least one of them, um, they they got um, Cessignon, to, to the, the, the kid from Fulham. He's not really shown anything yet. Uh, he's still very young, but he really struggled at Fulham as well in the Premier League. Well, they League. don't have a left back anymore because Danny Rose ain't going back. No, 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 absolutely not, absolutely not. Um, who are they? No, who else they got left back? Davies? Is he a, yeah, is he a da- left back? Davies is still there and Cessignon there. Um, obviously, they got Sergio Aurier playing right back, or uh, is it Foyth? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but what's really interesting, um, I saw some uh, just a little bit of footage of Kane because uh, obviously teams are being back playing at their home stadiums, and he looked slow. The thing, slow. the thing about Harry Kane, and and going back to the Sancho transfer, the team that it benefits the most, other than Man United, is England. Mm. Because he get, he'll get to play with Rashford, and he'll get to basically get an understanding with Rashford every fucking day of the week. Um, and for me, I'm looking at that next tournament. So when is year, when are the Euros? Next being, year. Uh, it's next summer next now. Yeah. So Kane's going to be another year older and he's probably going to have another injury and he's going to be even more slower. Uh, I tell you, dude, in three years' time, we're going to be talking about, oh, is it Harry Kane we're looking at here or is it Rooney from the 2010 World Cup? Is it, this is, there's a high chance. I think that... Being a Spurs has ruined that guy's career. It has, because, because they, they fucking they, ran him to, into the ground. They never bought a player to fill in for him. 
It's always been Kane's had to play. So that's when he gets injured. He's back quicker than he should be. And the thing is, because Harry Kane is such a professional, he's put his body ahead of um, of him, his career. Uh, he really should move this summer um, or whenever the transfer window is. I think it's going to be August to October is my understanding. But uh, Levy's going to price him out. He's going to price him out. He's not going to get the move. He's, and the thing is, is that I, I kind of, I still even feel to now, he'd suit what Manchester United do. Because <laughs> I do, I generally do. I, I look at it, I'm like, Rashford the one flank, Sancho the other, Pogba and Bruno feeding ball. He, he's the kind of player that if United had him, he'd just score goals. You've had I those, mean, remember I, you've I, had I, those I, strikers like Van Nistelrooy, right? I will say that I would take him. Yeah, for the right price. Because he's definitely I don't, score goals. I, I don't like Rashford up front. Uh, no. I, I'm just going to say it out loud. I like Rashford on the left. Yep. And I think if you have Kane up there and you have Martial as the able deputy, can, can fill in both left and up front, perfect. That is right. perfect. Absolutely. And but, and, um, but Levy, distra- Levy ain't doing Sorry, business, is he? No, Le- <laughs> Levy's taking £175 million loans, mate. He, he, he needs the <laughs> maybe, dollar, son. Maybe. He needs the dollar, son. I'll tell you what, mate. The, the reaction will If be- this was football manager, mate, I'd be going in with a £30 million bid. It's like, look. Take it or leave it. Players on his last legs. Kane Kane's looking at his last contract as well. So for him, a move this summer makes a lot of sense. He's twenty seven this summer. How did you know that? I was just looking up his age. Yeah, you saw me because <laughs> I had to look at it to believe it the other day as well. And um, yeah, I, I, he's going to look like Alan Shearer into his old age. The difference is the Premier League was a bit different because it allowed for strikers to adapt their game to be physical uh, yeah. and Harry Kane might not have the luxury of being able to just basically elbow people in the face it's just uh, but then you look on the other side of Ar- you look at Arsenal right because yes. obviously it's the same thing right we, we compare Arsenal and Spurs every single day of the week because they're two clubs that they've they've got their fans have got aspirations maybe their owners don't that's, that's <laughs> and I think that's been right? evident for quite some time um, but the fans you know I I as much as we laugh at Arsenal fan TV over the years, I feel I do feel for them. I feel for a, I feel for a fans of teams that are run horribly. Uh, I feel for Newcastle fans, and as soon as they get their blood money in, I mean, I fucking hate Newcastle fans because do you know what I mean? Because it's just how the, how it works. And I do sit there, and you look at the the shoddiness of Arsenal as a club, as an entity over the last what ten years. A couple of FA Cups, fine, but they've been poorly poorly run for a long long time and they're looking at it now their best player is Aubameyang yeah their owner is a man whose eyes ain't in the UK they ain't in London Aubameyang's worth money and he ain't gonna gonna be worth less money next summer and the summer after that I understand he's he's got one year left he's out of contract isn't he so they've got to cash in they either pay him and this well, was the thing with Chelsea, right? It was either Werner or Aubameyang. That, that was, was the understanding. The, that was the choice. Yeah, that was exactly it, yeah. So where is he going to go now? The chat's been Barcelona for a while. Because uh, the chat should be Man United. Because oh. <laughs> I, would, I, if I, I would take Aubameyang every day of the week over Harry Kane. Wow. I don't care that he's older. Hey. Aubameyang is better. There's a lot to be said about it. There's a lot to be said. I mean, ultimately, his goal-scoring exploits have been shown. Also, he's more durable. <laughs> like He hasn't really missed any games for Arsenal. Holy and the last shit, time, mate. The last time we bought an Arsenal player from Arsenal, it was Van Persen. We won the league. Oof. So we've got previous, bro. You do. You do. I, admittedly, 
under different well, management at least. I, I, I don't know how Arteta would feel about that. I think I they, mean, they'd be desperate to ship him outside of the league. I don't think we... Yeah, I mean, the other, obviously, the most recent example is Sanchez, but we won't talk about him. Oh, yes, we'll be... He's, he's, he's <laughs> right now, somewhere. like, Tom, Tom, Tom's, like, listening to this and he's like, well, about Sanchez, he worked out well for you, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think that would be the one that makes sense. But if, then if I'm Arsenal, I'm sitting there and I've got... All right, I've got no Bamian. I do have Lacazette. How long has Lacazette got on his, on his Sell contract? Sell him. He's my opinion on Lacazette. I think he's a talented boy. I just don't... I don't like his mentality. I don't... I don't feel that he's ever going to be more than what he is, right? Um, I, I like so Mar- it's perfect I, for Arsenal then. Yeah, I like Martinelli a lot. I like I've liked Martinelli since I saw him in pre-season. He's another year older, uh, which probably puts him into a, a category. I'd be basically what I would do. Arsenal don't have any fucking money either. Okay, that's why they're sniffing around Willian. Um, would, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> But the, the, right, Willian has been told Willian? by yeah because Chelsea are basically letting him go because Willian wants three years, and he's yeah. Uh, and Chelsea are like okay. fuck off. Uh, but Arsenal apparently are, are rumored, rumored. I'm going to say rumored. Spurs are the other team that are rumored as well. Uh, but that's Pete Jose. That is. Um, I would send Lacazette in exchange for Thomas Partey if you can convince Atleti that's the deal uh, to get done because he just adds that dimension that's completely missing. I think Arsenal will sell some players this summer as well. I think Arteta's probably got a good look at some of the players. Uh, he's got a bit of feeling about some of them that are going to make it and aren't. I think that uh, Torreira, I think he could go. Um, he's not quite hit the heights that Arsenal fans, I think, expected. I thought he was the best pl- midfielder in the well, league. Appara- yeah, apparently he was meant to be basically better than Kante, but it's, it's not come to fruition at all. Um they, the Lewis situation is really interesting. Um, I, I think that he gets another year. Um, they probably want to give him another year at a lesser deal. That might be difficult because I'm sure that Lewis will go, I'll take less money, but I want more years. Because he, he's, he's in the position of strength. Because ultimately, he had a one-year deal with an option. If they don't want to pay him the option... He's then basically walking free and walking into someone's team for however much they want to offer him. So he is in a position of strength to negotiate that. Uh, we still don't know what we've got with Kieran Tierney. Um, Saka's been an excellent, excellent. He's been basically the revolution, uh, revelation at that football club this year. But we still need to know if he's going to be a left winger or a left back. That's the yeah. question with that player. Um, and obviously, with Aubameyang effectively playing from the left hand side, it kind of has been a problem so if you are going to move on from a bombing at least that gives you an opportunity to look at Saka in, in, in that position they've got a lot of good young players coming through it's really quite exciting I think they're kind of my, my feeling about Arsenal is what I would do you feel you've got the manager okay you're going to have to give him time because the money's not there right now uh, you've got a lot of young players coming through what I would do I would clean house as much as I can this summer um, try getting that Thomas Partey in uh, and then roll with what I've got um, with a view yeah. that you know, we, they're not have faith in you. Have faith in your coaching. Ex- exactly. And the thing is, is that realistically, how much money would they have to spend to break top four? If 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 Chelsea do get Kai Havertz as well and a left back, if United do get Jaden Sancho and and uh, Van der Beek, uh, Van der Beek and, and 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 obviously City and Liverpool are so far gone, so they're going to have to try and catch Chelsea and United, who clearly spend big money. That's that's a lot of investment. I just don't think Arsenal should. I think I would basically not necessarily resign I would look at next year for Arsenal if I was from the Chelsea fan perspective last summer this is our year 
to see who can make it, who can't make it. We're going to basically embrace the season, encourage the, the players. Maybe we get a good cup run, maybe get a cup at the end of it. Who knows? We might be able to break top four if one of those other teams fails and then look to make the right signings at the end of it. Um, the, the, the key will be for me is when when Arteta is asked about his team's fortunes or you know their, their targets in pre-season and he talks about the season, if he if what he says in terms of and if he does deliver a message that says very much in the in the sense of oh we are going to build this season and we're going to bring some players through and it's going to be a little bit of a transition year, um, he needs to be careful of his words. Obviously, if the play, if the fans buy into that. Yeah, no issue. Yeah, that, that that is the crucial part of it. The, if he can get the fans on side with the project, and if it if that means that they will need to be convinced by the football that's on the pitch, regardless of the players. If it, I said this thousands of times about United over the years, um, I just want to see progress on a pitch. Uh, results. I was spoilt for a large part of my life with results going my way. Right. I'm big enough and ugly enough and old enough to understand that that ain't going to happen forever, you know what I mean? But I do want to see signs of progress. And I think if the Arsenal fans can see that, even if results don't maybe go their way, but if they, if they, if they obviously and clearly start eradicating mistakes that they make and they have a defined style of play, which is pleasing to the eye, of course, um, and feels like they're progressing and they're playing football that's current, and not just trying to walk it in constantly or whatever. whatever their classic yeah, the, the, the classic are. Arsenal way, yeah. Um, then I think, and if he can get the fans on side with that, then they will be fine. And I think out of the two London clubs that we talk about, Spurs and Arsenal, they're in a better position. Absolutely. I'm a lot more by, excited by quite, about that, that Arsenal team. Way. A lot more excited. I just think of the players that they have got, because I, I really do like Martinelli. I think Saka, as we've already touched on, uh, it's been a revelation. And they've got Joe Willock. I think there's there's a, there's a player there that's that's should be getting more game time. We should see over the next um, couple of months once football's back. I think we might see more of Joe Willock and um, then there's there's Reese Nelson who, by all accounts, is is the most talented of the lot. Um, he's just not shown it yet, um, and that's gonna it's gonna be really interesting because I think that again he's gonna get an opportunity with the football coming back and obviously the questions about fitness and everything that goes with it he's going to have an opportunity there to to make a statement um, I'd be really excited I think if I was an Arsenal uh, fan but you have to accept it's growing pains right if they get they, they will need for, for, for my money they need to buy some centre-halves yeah so they've got William Saliba coming in haven't they um, yeah but they need another they need another and that for me should be their number one target for the summer that I think they could if they just had Lacazette up front for the year and Aubameyang was out I think they'd survive um, I think he'd get them 15 goals this season to be honest with you um, but, but as you said it would require other players stepping up and hopefully this would, you know, they're hoping this would be their time to shine um, but so you wanted to talk about another subject before we get into yeah. the more the more fun one you've got a stat for us haven't you Woods yeah, yeah so Obviously, we're in the midst of um, a movement, um, a really positive movement, um, which is obviously the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, Raheem Sterling obviously would be uh, having interviews at this stage because he is the voice um, of the Premier League for, for black players, ultimately. Um, whether he elected to or not, he's he's effectively become the unofficial voice of because, um, because of his stance towards racism and everything that goes with it. And he's had an interview uh, where obviously he's touched on the the difficulties and the lack of uh, black managers 
in in the top division, and and, and it's right. Uh, I believe at the moment with I think Chris Hewton went last year now, right? It wasn't even this season. So I think we've got one um, in Espirito Santos, right? I believe yeah. that's right. I don't think I'm missing anyone, um, which gives you five uh, percent of the of the of the teams in the, in the Premier League basically have a, have a, a black manager versus a third of the players. So it doesn't take a genius to recognise that we're way off here in terms of the percentages. Um, to give you an idea, I think you're probably looking at more towards six managers should be uh, to, to, to balance those numbers out. Um, and his point is uh, black managers aren't being given the opportunities that are being afforded to white players such as, um, and he used Lampard and, and Gerard as ex- examples. Now, I'm not going to get... St- too hung up on the players because I kind of feel it detracts from it because ultimately why Lampard's got the job is he did a good job at Derby and Chelsea basically needed someone to lift the mood. He's Chelsea's greatest ever player. It makes sense. Um, Gerard at Rangers, that was a really weird one because that felt like it came out of nowhere but I'd also wouldn't suggest that the SPL is a Premier League level competition um, so I wouldn't necessarily say that but regardless um, and, and he's got a point that play, are, are black players who go into retirement getting the opportunities to go and become managers? And it's, 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 the, the evidence is there. They're clearly not becoming top-level managers. Sol Campbell was a player that he used as an example, a, a player that wanted to become a manager and a player that's ultimately struggled to get his breaks. Um, the thing with Sol, obviously, he's had his difficulties as a personality. He's quite a difficult person to deal with. Um I think managing in the lower leagues hasn't done him any favours because he's quite, I'll say confident. He's a confident individual and he ain't afraid to tell you like how talented he was at football, which has always been actually an issue for top-level footballers coming into management. The difficulties that Roy Keane and Glenn Hoddle in particular suffered with was not being able to understand why footballers aren't as talented as they were. Um, And that's, that's something that he probably needs to leave at the door or at least find a way of um, using that as a positive to encourage and develop players. Um, but why that Sol Campbell hasn't been given the opportunities because ultimately his performances in the lower divisions probably hasn't drawn attention to. Um, Thierry Henry is the other one. Um, now, obviously, Mikel Arteta has just gone back to, to the Emirates um, to manage Arsenal Football Club. Um, but had Thierry Henry's tenure at Monaco gone better... I have no doubts the phone would have been uh, ringing for him. Patrick Vieira was offered the job as well, and he turned it down. Um, I believe that... I say turn it down. I, I, I don't think he maybe... I don't know if he turned it down, but ultimately he was targeted as part of the job. I think that Arteta mm. probably interviewed better. He was the player. So maybe then you could argue, like, why is Vieira not being given the opportunity and Arteta has? Um, now, in America, they've got a similar situation, right? So the NFL is a perfect example for this, um, where, in fact, you've got twice as many in terms of percentage of, of athletes uh, are black. You've got 70% of the, the, the players in that league are, are black. But you've only got three of the 32 teams that have black coaches. And this is a division that has the Rooney rule in place, which forces team owners to interview uh, black candidates for uh, the head coaching roles. And my, my understanding from what, the, what I watch and what I hear and what I read is that a lot of these teams just get any guy in just to tick the box and go with the guy they want, which just means it ain't working. The whole process isn't working. 
Um, I know it's been suggested. I, I think as soon as you start looking at quota filling um, and you are looking to tick a box, it's unfair to everyone. Yeah. You know, but ultimately it's still obviously not fair for these coaches to be given the opportunities. It's, it's such a difficult thing because I, w- the Chelsea situation is an interesting one. I, I said to you before this, I, I genuinely believe that Didier Drogba would have been Chelsea's manager ahead of Frank Lampard had Didier Drogba wanted to. My understanding is that Drogba didn't want to go into management. He wanted to do more. He, he wanted to go into uh, politics and everything that goes with it. The club had been desperate to get him back in. Uh, they're constantly offering him positions at the club to get him back inside. But he's like, I'm busy. I want to do other things. I'm finished with football now. Rio Ferdinand, obviously he had his personal reasons, but um, also he's got his professional reasons. He's He's got a whole other thing going on and he just doesn't want to do management right now. He may well come into it later, but I think that's... I think that's... What, isn't that what he said? He said that he um, he wanted to do it in a bit. Yeah. I think that's what he said. Which is understandable because... I feel like coming straight out of football and going straight into being a manager, that's a really difficult thing to do. Um, I feel like you, you probably do well to kind of have some time away, learn some things, watch some things, travel, learn about yourself. Well, I, I hope our next manager after Solskjaer is Patrice Evra. Because <laughs> he, he's, he's, that's why he, he's becoming a manager himself. Well, there you go. And there's every chance he will because he has got those links and it does seem those links are now valuable to football clubs. Uh, you just look at three of the biggest teams in the country have appointed managers who have previous history of playing for that football club and are obviously highly regarded at their clubs. I think... I, I do... One thing I, w- I will say mm. just very quickly, sorry to interrupt, no. is that one... Th- I think... It's, it's a... Look, there's no... There's nothing that I will be able to say or you'll be able to say that will solve everything no, and appease everyone. Not. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it is speculation at the end of the day as to why certain things are how they are um what would you say the percentage of um athletes being black in the nfl are it's 70 percent. i would wonder if some of that isn't down to to get into the nfl or you know for example to play football in college to play basketball in college etc you have to get the education Right. So a lot of the times when young kids are in that situation where they are, you know, clearly very talented at a, at a, at a sport, um, you almost do have the safeguard of if I go for it, I have the underlying backup of an education underneath it. Whereas obviously in England, that is not the same at all. If you go for if you if you try and make as a footballer and then you fall off the wayside, what you what are you doing unless you've been doing a plastering degree on the side? You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I, I don't. Uh, I think them. Them. For me, I don't know. It, it, in my head, it's just one plus one equals two, which is obviously completely, you know, not not correct. Um, but I can't help but think that you know, some there the, there is more of an opportunity in America in terms of if I do this and it doesn't work out, I can still provide. Okay, I think, you know I, think I, mean? I understand where you're coming from. I mean, in terms of getting more money, essentially, the system to bring young athletes through a system. The system to bring athletes through a system, duh. Um, I think in America is better. It is because, although I will say the clubs do educate these boys, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, it's, it's not like they basically have a farm and they get them to play football and then just no, turn them, you know what I mean? No, and, no, and, no, and, no, and I know exactly where you're coming from as well because um, there is that aspect where they do have to, a lot of these guys do come out with really good you know, degrees. They, they, they obviously have to hit some numbers. Some of them will recognize early that they're they're basically top prospects they're going to make it they're going to get paid and but others will obviously still want to kind of go about getting those qualifications for their future life um 
the question isn't easily answered, sadly. No. There's no easy answer. Is the Rooney rule the way to go about it? The one positive about saying yes to that is it does get managers in the door, right? Um, it gives them an opportunity to sit there and present. And yeah, and, that, and to be honest with you, dude, that's um, like it's completely a completely different um, story, Keller Fish, everything. I'm not trying to compare it yeah, yeah. whatsoever, but I, I will say, like in terms of the, 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 there is so much value in just being the, given the opportunity to present. Like I turn up well, oh, yeah. you know, my, in my career, I, I don't look very smart at all ever. Right. And I have to go to corporate places and I've be, I've sat down in uh, at large companies around tables and I've had the entire room looking at someone that I manage because they think they're in charge or they think they're kind of the, the person. And then I'm presenting and everyone sw- switches their chair and like, oh, fuck, we didn't realize that guy. And but then then when I present, I get given the opportunity to, to, to show I, I do know what I'm talking about. And you get to actually getting that chance to do that is absolutely is always a it's, good it's, thing. It's a massive thing. And it, it, I, I do believe that they should have this in the Premier League. I, I, I think so, too. I it's the so bare too. minimum that they can do, because and from, they're, they're, from they're, what I'm interpreting, dude, these guys aren't even getting a chance to talk. And explain what they would do, what they would bring. But, but this is this is it, and it's like you know, the let's let's just say it, the racist argument for from racists will be, um, oh yeah, but you know, just because we'll we'll get um, you know, black people in and they're not going to be as good or whatever, blah, blah, blah. and it would just be some bollocks like that, right? Well, if they're not good enough, they shouldn't be hired. Anyone who isn't good enough shouldn't be yeah, hired. Absolutely. But being given the opportunity to, 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 to prove your worth and to prove that you deserve an opportunity, everyone should have that. Absolutely. And that's, that's part of the ball breaking. Because you hear stories about guys that have gone in and blown the room away with their... And they may well mm. not have been the number one guy to get the job. And they get the opportunity. And you, like you say, they might fail. But guess what? So might the other guy. Exactly, and I think you've got to give them the know, opportunity to be to be able to to, to to fail and also succeed, and that's not coming at the moment. Well, dude, as a, as a you're a father, right? Exactly. Yes, I what am. You, for, for, your, for your daughter, what would you want? You want to you want her to have the opportunity. Yeah, and if she fails, she fails. But as long as she's tried her best, will you ever be disappointed or upset? You know what I mean? Yeah, of course no, you won't. No, of course not. I mean, and, and that's it, right? Um, that kind of like. There's obviously other aspects. Um, I don't know about the coaches. Obviously, there's so many coaches. I don't know about the coaches in the league. I don't know if there's a discrepancy there that can also be looked at. Um, the big standout one is, um, and I only read this today, that Uri Rennie is the last black referee to referee in the Premier League. And that's like 12 years that's ago. Crazy. That's fucking crazy. That's insane. What's going on there? And and, and again, I don't know if... if um, you know, ex-pros, players that played semi-pro, players that basically don't get the opportunity to kind of make it to the top level if they've been encouraged to go into being referees. If I don't know how to become a ref, basically. I don't know the process. But it does seem insane that it's been 12 years since we've had a black referee in the Premier League. Yeah, i uh, baffled. And that's something that, could, that needs addressing as well. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult topic. But it's a topic that I, certainly from the managerial position, I think that just having that you have to interview gives people an opportunity to get their foot in the door, 
gives people an opportunity to impress, gives people the opportunity to succeed or fail. And I think that that's, and that's the right And gives people the opportunity to set an example. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know I mean? the other it's... thing, that is ex- exactly. So say you're, you, you, say you, you, you're a black ex-player or whatever, and you get the interview and you don't succeed. At least you get feedback as to maybe where you can improve next time. What was it? In t- was it in terms of my presentation? They go, yeah, it was a little bit that. Uh, what, what else was it? And then kind of that, you can kind of at least get some experience from this. Um, I, I don't know uh, about the owners too much, but I think we've got quite a multiracial ownership in the Premier League. And I think that that will help with this process. Yeah, I think One so. of the big problems in the NFL is they're all rich white dudes. That's a big problem. Yeah. Um, and I know that when... Um, Carolina's owner was forced to sell up because he was racist despite having a black quarterback um, not just any black quarterback Cam Newton right <laughs> like, it's ridiculous uh, that Puff Daddy was kind of joking saying oh, we're gonna, I'm going to go buy the team um, but at the moment like there's, there's no black owners in in the league um, and I don't think there are any I might be wrong I don't think there are any black owners obviously we've got quite a few international owners mm. um, which does help but that does play a part uh, because when those people are at the top table and these discussions have been made with the Premier League, the clubs play a big part in making those decisions and driving those decisions. Um, and something like this should should come in. I mean, ultimately, the Rooney rules existed for a while in the NFL. It should have existed for a while in the Premier League for a league that sees itself as, as basically the best global sports league in the world. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And... Um yeah, the only, just, to, just to, I suppose to sound off on that. Um, how can I sound off on that in a nice way? Um, just all I would say is just I hope everyone stays safe. How's that? That's a, a nice catch-all yeah, message. Exactly. And, um, and for the most part, from what I've seen, people are. And guess what? Yeah. I, I am learning a lot myself. Um, yeah. For example, and I don't want to get stuck on all this because it's, it's something that, that there's so much out there to read. Um, the statue of uh, the geezer from Bristol that was turfed down and shoved into the harbour. I could have walked through Bristol for the entire of my life and not known the story behind that statue. I very so, much enjoy the, uh, the, the, the the images today of the uh, oh my God. gammon heads trying what? to fish it out of the river. It's like, did they not see how heavy that thing was? <laughs> um, incredible. But the idea... That, and this is the idea that like, well, it, it, it's there because it, it's a lesson, isn't it? It's a lesson. You know, it reminds us. Does it fuck? I learned more about that statue being pulled down and shoved into the water than I ever would have done with it standing. Um, you don't learn lessons from statues, bro. No, no. Um, I, I, and like I said, that's something I've learned. And I, I do know about Churchill's past. I do know about so it because I, I have read about it. And, so I, I. and I was prepared for Churchill to be the next one. And that's where I, oh God, it's such a difficult situation because people try to, because by all accounts, um, I, and again, I can't remember the name of the statue, uh, which is terrible, uh, but schools, hospitals, all this money that he spent, he gave to. So ultimately, a lot of Bristol is formed on, on, on his finance. In fact, the school's even named after him, yes. which will probably have to change. Um, it's ridiculous. The whole thing is genuinely bloody ridiculous when you think about it. Um, so he's done a lot of good, but and people are trying to use it. It's kind of like he did a lot of good, but but can that ever weigh? And that's the this is the really difficult thing with Churchill because 
Churchill did fight against fascism. He didn't do it with a gun in his hand. Let's not kid it, right? But he did take a stance against it. He, he, they could have quite easily in this country shaken hands with Adolf and basically <coughs> uh, kept ourselves in the same situation and let fascism and, and the, the damn white supremacist on the other side uh, kind of bleed, breed his hate. Um, <coughs> but does that really excuse everything that comes before? And, and the excuse that, but it was of the time... I find a really difficult one. Um, Dude, it's like saying... Oh, that's a really... That's a fucking horrible example. It'd be like, basically, let's say you caught a paedophile, right? And he goes, well, yeah, but I'm not as bad as Gary Glitter, am I? Yeah. And, and I did save that <laughs> shopkeeper from being robbed the other day. Yeah, like, it's... No, no, you're still a pedo, mate. And, and that's the problem. Like, he was a racist. He was an unapologetic racist at that. Um but at the same time, he he is going to be the figure which I can see this escalating. Dude, but, the fact of the matter is, uh, I'm going to sound off on this because we shouldn't talk yeah, about we shouldn't, it very much. Because no, we're, we're not a political podcast at all. No, we try not to be. Um, the fact is, is that our everyone older than me and you, right? Mums, dads, grand grandparents, blah blah blah. Um, this country's built on an empire. Empire was horrendous. True. Right? Absolutely fucking disgusting. And all the things you're taught as, uh, as you're growing up are all about how great this empire was. Um, a lot of people have realised now that it was bullshit. And the fact is, is that when you look at it, um, all I think of is the Mitchell and Webb uh, sketch. Are, are we the baddies? Yeah. Because guess what? We are. Yeah, to, to, to the majority time, of the world and majority of people out there, we were, and it's horrible. We stole everyone's stuff and won't give it back. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, anyway, anyway, let's end on a, on a, on yes, a more let's, positive Yes, a more positive, positive note. note. So, so, obviously, lockdown, lockdown is boring as fuck, right? There's only, there's only so many times you can, you know, sit and watch Friends reruns. <sighs> a, lot, a lot of Friends, man. Um so me and Woods decided to, uh, you know, start a project, as it were. Uh, we found a, a database for Football Manager 2020, which allows you to play as legends. It sprinkles uh, around, what, 300-odd, 400-odd legends. I think it's 500. It's 500. 500 legends into the game. And uh, it kind of does it by age. So people like uh, Bobby Charlton and George Best are like mid-20s on the game. Because of the decade um, they were born. Because of the decade they were born. Whereas Messi, for example, is how old is he? 17, he's 17. Uh, but he's, and and the, it's done at the team they were at, at that stage of their lives, if you will. Correct. So, for example, Ronaldo is actually, Cristiano Ronaldo is actually at Man United. Um, Big Fat Ronaldo is at PSV, etc., etc., etc. And it's it's been interesting. So we started a game where we thought, okay, well, who should we be? And we thought, okay, we will uh, go back in time a bit. And we'll go to... Back to the, the, the glory years of Italy, Inter and AC Milan. Now, we started the game and I was AC Milan. Uh, my friend Mr. Woods was Inter Milan. Now, unfortunately for Woods, the only two legends he had were uh, Giuseppe Miata. Yeah, Giuseppe, uh, yeah, yeah. Who, who the stadium is named after. Yeah, and uh, Andrea Pirlo, a young, a young Pirlo. And I, ha- I, I happen to have um, the elder Buffon, 
Cesar Maldini, Perla Maldini, Tassotti, uh, Baresi, uh, Costa Curta's on loan, Albertini's on loan. Uh, I've got Al Fatini up front. You've got Rivera? With R- Rivera in midfield. There's a lot of good players. Vieira's joining in a year's time. Um, they've got a really good team. And I, the first thing I did in this game was I added, I added to this team. <laughs> I added this team. You're going to really come across team. as such a bad guy on this. I am. I've been waiting for this. I added to this team. I went and, I went and signed with my money Big Fat Ronaldo from PSV. Okay? I, I brought in Ronaldo. Oh, can, you, can you picture that back home, boys and girls? You can, you can picture glorious Ronaldo in that nice, sexy AC Milan shirt. And I bought in a few other pieces as well. I bought in uh, Matthias Sammer. Uh, as a midfield player. I bought in... Um, who else did I bring in? Uh, Luis Figo. I bought in Figo Michael as well. They've got, they got no wingers. Michael Essien as well. A young Michael Essien. And I was feeling pretty happy with life. Pretty happy with life. And then, Mr. Wood, who would you brought in in that time period for your, for your Inter Milan team? If you can remember so far back. <laughs> I think I actually brought in Eden Hazard, uh, who was 17 and at Lille. And I believe a good David's mm-hmm. Sane and Sancho. Yeah, and then they're like what sixteen? Yeah, they're, they're children. Something. Yes, because exactly. because the game has basically reset those. So Sancho's at City and uh, Sane's at Schalke. Um, and then what proceeded to happen, boys and girls, that Tom wasn't too happy with this arrangement. You see, because Inter Milan have just a, not a good, not a, not a good team. Well, it's not just that the expectations were slightly. This is it. You're relying on Lukaku to basically fire you. What do they want you to get to the final of the Champions League? The final of the Champions League and win the and win Serie A. So those are the expectations. Yeah, uh-uh. pretty difficult. So after some deliberation, we started again. Okay, and Woods decided. Who did you decide to be? Was the top? So after careful deliberation, um, I decided to be Barcelona. Um, because I, I look, I, I wanted to to have Lionel Messi. Um, we're going to see how his career career goes. Um, so, no, you've got some other players in there: Javi, Iniesta, Guardiola, <laughs> Puyol, <laughs> Puyol. Yeah. Um, so there's some players in there. There's some there's some there's some pieces for the future. But Valdez you know, is but... coming through as well. Oh, Victor Valdez. <laughs> yeah, he's he's in the reserve team at the moment. <laughs> Um, and then there's some older legends, and that, this is part of the problem we've got, I think, to an extent, Mike, is that like the older legends don't really resonate. No, I don't know who they are <laughs> because some of them are fucking insane. Like when the scouting gets going. Uh, well, and, and so right, so, uh, uh, right. I could have easily have been Manchester United on this game because they've got filthy mate. They have got a ridiculous team. They have. The entire class of 92, they've got Cristiano Ronaldo, Charlton Law, Best, Duncan Edwards. It's just, yeah, it's a who's who. Pogba's in the reserves. Pogba's in the reserves. Like a young Pogba. Yeah, 17-year-old Pogba. Fucking ridiculous. Um, But no, I decided to stick with AC Milan. And uh, what should happen in our first couple of days? Mr. Tom, having... Being the catalyst for change in the beginning, because I, don't, I feel like he was a little bit jealous of my transfer activity, goes and signs Ronaldo, outprices me for Ronaldo basically straight away. I, so I, 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 I so don't believe that I outpriced. You did. I, I don't think I did. Maybe you didn't. <laughs> anyway, 
He still went for him, even though five minutes earlier on I had him and he was my player <laughs> playing AC Milan. And, uh, you know, we had to start a new game and then all of a sudden I don't have him anymore. Look, I mean, in my defence... There is no defence. I needed a striker. Now, admittedly, I kind of feel that since that moment, I have been facing karma on a constant level. Um, yes, this is, this is true. Because subsequently, because I was getting that deal done... I had no salary because because half a million a week is being paid to Rakitic and Sergio Roberto. What the <laughs> fuck are those deals about? Um, don't worry, don't worry. Woods did say to me at the start, "Oh, I can give you a, I can give you a plow and loan or something if you want, <laughs> even Rakitic." Oh, oh it's a, you know, friendly offering. Um, you want me to pay his wages, do you? I see. Give <laughs> <laughs> it help, but basically, I had Diego Maradona done, mate. I did. I had him done, and then I didn't have the salary to pay him. And then when I basically did, he, the classic situation is like, you know, that game. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And I was like, fuck's sake. So because of signing R9, I did lose Diego, um, who ultimately subsequently ended up where? Oh, yeah, well, this is it. So let's just continue the story from okay. after you. Uh, so, so, I've so I've signed R9. You've signed R9. Uh, who, who, did you, who else have you paired him with? Uh, so obviously... Arnold's playing through the middle. Now, does he, is he the best player to fit the system? It's questionable. Um, I did feel that I needed some balance on the left-hand side uh, because Messi's playing from the, the inside right. Um, so I went and bought Johan Cruyff. Ah, just just some... Oh, yeah, Cruyff will do. Cruyff, Cruyff took some convincing. So what happened with Cruyffy? Um, Cruyffy. Oh, Cruyffy. Cruyffy. Uh, uh, I had to I had to play the media game a little bit. I was like, "Yo, I, I really think that Johan, you should come and join us." Knowing, I had a quick read. Um, I'm assuming you must have had a read through. Now there are some subtleties that are put in embedded into the game, right? About clubs that they they like. Yes. Thus, me knowing that Johan Cruyff has an affinity towards Barcelona, I thought this is the play that I'm going to play, which is why I was like, I will definitely be able to get Diego Maradona as well. Um, but obviously he went and, and, and nabbed Maradona and I, I kind of felt, well, I could, there wasn't much I could do after the fact that he didn't want to talk to me anymore because I, could, I, could, I couldn't offer him more than two, two and a half grand a week because because <laughs> <laughs> of Iron Rakitic and his quarter of a million a week. Joke. So now, oh, now I've got this situation because here's the other problem. I haven't told you this, but Johan came in and then he's like, I'd, I'd like some improvements in the squad. I'm like, yes, Johan, whatever you want, baby. Yeah, he's, he's, absolutely. So we're now a week till the end of the, jet, the, the, the summer window. I've got no money and I've got no <laughs> players coming in. I'm like, oh shit. So now I'm basically having to turf out players desperately in an attempt to sign some players in to just appease Johan Cruyff. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say, um, all of my negotiations I've done They've all wanted that. They've all gone, oh, you need to improve the midfielders, mate. I have removed that option because that stung me in the past far too many times. Just to say, I'm not agreeing to that. They don't get hung up about it. We're all good. Damn it. Hindsight. So, I did not yeah, know this. <laughs> so I've, I've had a quite productive window. I've had a quite you, productive you, window. Because my, my kid's basically taking the approach that um, we'll win everything this year and then the club won't exist. Essentially, yes, that, that's the plan. The club will be in liquidation because they won't have any money to spend. Well, see, what is it? You get given, I think we buy for 80 million to it's start It's about with. 80 million to start with, yeah. And I have spent 
80 million, but I've also spent about 300 million of future transfer funds. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I signed uh, Matthias Sammer because he's a good man to have for any situation. Absolutely, Matthias Sammer. Um, when I missed out on R9, I was like, right, who do I need a striker? I need a fucking striker. And it's just like, I ain't got no affinity of these older legends, you know, I don't really know who they are. But I do know who Di Stefano is. So I signed Alfredo Di Stefano. I brought him in and the fans love me for it. The How much money ecstatic. did he cost me? So he cost me, right, I'll go through. Matthias yeah. Sammer cost me 47 and a half million, rising to 56. Uh, Di Stefano cost me 96 million, rising to 115. Uh, then I bought in, I bought in Edgar Davids. Okay. Uh, yeah. You stole him from your last yeah, game. Yeah, you weren't happy like about that. that last time. And I needed, I needed someone a bit of a tear in there because essentially my, my strikers ain't doing any work. Basically, I need, I need some steel in there. He cost me 37 million, rising to 42 and a half. It's quite a lot. Um, then I signed uh, Diego. Yes, he did. Diego. El, thought, El Diego. Now, how much did you agree a deal for? With I, I'm really deal? annoyed about this because I, I had him at 60. Motherfucker. Um, I, I've had to spend a little bit more than 60. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 78, rising to 81. I mean, in the grand scheme of things. Um, it's Maradona, Jeremy. It's Diego Maradona, isn't it? Yes. And then, now I've added two other players um, in, in this time period because... What I've realised with Aceman, they ain't got any wingers. So I thought, let's bring in a let's bring in a winger. And uh, so I bought in Eden Hazard this time. You did, yes. Um, I spent fifty-two million on him, rising to sixty-seven. Now, bear in mind this this rising is all based on competition wins, international goals. Every single thing is checked, essentially. Yeah. So to kick it as far down the road as possible. To a time when I am managing AC Milan anymore. Um, and then I also bought in, because I was like, well, I need one more midfielder. One more midfielder. So this blew in. my fucking mind when I saw it pop up on my screen. <laughs> why? But, can, why? <laughs> I bought Graham Souness in. Hey, you know, like, your midfield yeah, got- consists of, of this, this list your, your midfield trio that sits behind El Diego. Uh, Sammer, Davids and Souness. Legs are getting... Smash the pieces in that midfield. And then a defence of Baresi, Maldini, Maldini to Sotti. Jesus. And then Maradona in the 10. Uh, and then two up front, Di Stefano and Al Fatini. So that's, that's what I'm playing. So, so it's, um, it's pretty tasty. They, they, you know, like, I, I like the idea of uh, solid... You, you've basically gone for the retro AC Milan move, which is we're going to win every game 1-0. That and my first, oh, we've played one game so far. Home against Lecce, I won one nil. So, Thank the, you very much. so the plan is working perfectly. Uh, my only issue with that game, that glorious victory, I did say to you, Lecce were a formidable outfit. Um, Edgar Davids had about nine shots from thirty yards. Oh, I love this. He and it literally come up on the commentary. He's had quite a few of these today, and I was like, <laughs> stop shooting. He's got a first Why are you shooting? Like, give it to Diego. He's there. So, um, yeah, because in my first game, uh, tricky away trip to Valencia. Um, I, I believe they still play at the Mestalla. Um, 3-0 victory. Uh, Messi with an absolute wonder goal. Uh, and Cruyff assisting R9 as well on on their debut. So that, that was a positive, positive result. But um, I'm not going to lie, mate. I'm not going to lie. I, I regret the R9 transfer. Um, I love 
R9. But then my scouts scouted... I mean, we should go through some of these players. Like, um, Pele is obscene on it. Like, simply... Uh, he's mind-bendingly good. Like he, he he's, he's He ain't gettable at all. This is the key thing we should say as well. A lot of these players ain't interested at all at the start of the game. You're going to have to have to try play through to be able to get them eventually. But he is obscene. But Frank Puskas then pops up and he is obscene, mate. Just... <laughs> yeah, he had no interest in coming to me. So good. And I'm like, ah, oh. could have got Frank Puskas, which would have then let Mikey get, get his guy. And I could probably have had Puskas... Cruyff, Maradona and, and Messi as, as my front four. So, ah, uh, live and this learn. Is how, this is how the cards are dealt, my friend. Yes. Now, I will say, like, we've got a lot of season to get through. We have. Um, as I've made it very clear, I'm free every evening, bruv. So, whenever you want to play, We are going to kick on with this. Yeah. Now, I do feel there is two battles that are going to be happening in one transfer. Well, maybe well, three battles, I would say, in one year's time, next summer. There are three players that we all, both of us are going to want and we're going to have to duke this out. Interesting. I, I, do I have to play the guess of three? Please guess the three. I, I, I kind of feel that Pele is going to be one of them. Um, no, I have no interest in no Pele. Inter- you're gonna, you're gonna... Help yourself. Okay, okay. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Nope, no interest. Help yourself. Roy Keane. No interest. Hope right, these, these right. are basically, yeah. Those are your three players. We're good. No, can, can, can let's hear it. Who is it then? Uh, so the three, well, actually four. This man made three. So David Beckham is one. David Beckham because, is one. Because um, Bex is just Bex. Bex. And he ain't feeling any of our systems. No, he's going to have to play. He's going to have to retrain as a central midfielder, isn't he? Exactly. Um, but then the two that are at the top of my list are Zinedine Zidane and Ronaldinho. Oh, of course, Ronaldinho. Yes. That they're, 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 I warn you now, I am all of the eggs. So, so the interesting thing about one of those players is that pretty strong affinity to the club that I'm managing. That's fine. Did he also play for AC Milan, though? He did play for them. He has no affinity for them. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a paycheck. Um, to be honest, I, 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 I probably... Look, I've got a midfield already set up, but Roy Keane is absolutely insane on that game. He is very, very good on that game. Uh, I've got Paddy Vieira coming in, mate. I don't need Roy Keane. I kind of feel like I want to get Ronaldo because I need a left winger. Um, and I feel that he could probably play from that side because it means that Cruyff can move inside. Maybe. You are aware that every listener we have has, has tuned out. Yeah, they, what, what the fuck game. are they talking about? Frank Puskas. <laughs> Right, we're out of here. Hey, we've got to do winners and losers, right? We've got to do winners and oh, losers. Oh, winners, right? Right, winners and losers. Um, so, so I, I think a clear winner um, is is yourself. You know, surviving this pandemic on your own. Thank you. Fighting on. Uh, clear loser, Lee Collard. Um, he's he's a loser above the the fallen racist statue, a loser above the racist Winston Churchill statue because. I feel that Lee today offered as much as he usually does. Oh! And this is a test wow. right now. Wow. How, how does Lee get through? Does Lee get through the football manager segment and here to this point where I am literally rinsing him? You're burying him. I'm burying him. The, the, the Lee, Lee Collard offered his usual kind of uh, not talking into the microphone. 
<laughs> Poor timekeeping ability. Yes. So, I mean, basically, it's a Lee Collard podcast. He is. He effectively has offered as much as he standardly would. <laughs> so he's the loser. I'm the winner, right? Is that that's that's what I've gone with here? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friends. Well, it's been a, a pleasurable hour and a bit, hasn't it? Just. Um, yeah, I hope everyone home stays safe. Yes. Um, just do me a favour, don't go outside more than you need to. Uh, I'm still not... I, I've stopped watching the government briefings because I'm just tired of it. Um, but until, until like, it's safe... Until someone I trust tells me it's safe to go outside, I, I ain't going outside. Pubs are opening next Monday. Oh, no, sorry, not great. next Monday, the Monday after. So um, Great. I, I just, just done yesterday because um, I, I saw the numbers and the numbers were spectacular in terms of like, spectacular yeah. as, as far as basically dreadfulness has been. London had zero cases in terms of uh, deaths yesterday. That's what they reported. Mm. 55. I imagine Hancock was walking out with all the big dick energy that he could muster, only to be slapped across the face with 268 today. Wow, reality comes at you first. I hate Matt Hancock. I fucking so loaf that human being. My, my loser is him. Oh, it's always going to be him until the end of time. That video of him playing cricket in the studios where he was clearly taking it far more seriously than everyone else. I guarantee you, mate, those cameras were rolling for like seven hours. He was in the fucking crease for seven hours playing safety shots because he's taking it seriously. Because that's the kind of thing you take seriously and not actually the fucking health of the fucking nation. Well, it's, it's, it's probably best he doesn't because he's fucking clueless. Yeah, he is, he is clueless. Um, yeah, on that note... Um, Hasta luego. <laughs> Arrivederci. <laughs>